good morning. Thank you for joining us today as we come together and worship God through song and through his word. Uh, if you please join us as we come together and worship through the song, I Will Follow.
Good morning. Thank you for joining us both here in the, in the building, in the sanctuary, and online. We are here to worship God together and thankful for you joining with us. I will remind you that this, you're going to see the slides on the video, but they're also available to you and other information is available to you on your Bible app. And you can look in there and there's some announcements, there's some links about the work that Disaster Relief Many of us are aware the storms blew through. There was a tornado up in Auburn and wind damage in Verdon and Pawnee, I believe. And disaster relief workers came from around the state, and they stayed, they stayed here overnight. But they went up and worked on 39 locations, cleaned up a lot of trim, uh, a lot of branches, and, and most importantly, they got to pass out all the Bibles they had. They ran out of Bibles uh, that they took up there, so that's neat that they've got to witness to the homeowners and the people of those communities and share Jesus with them. So that's in, the, in there. There's a information about training night at IBSA that we're hosting, and I will say that if the attendance doesn't go up, there's a chance that could be canceled along with everything else that's going on. So, so take a look at that if you want to go. Then I'd encourage you uh, to follow the link and then register for that event so that we know that you're coming and we can make plans for that. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day to, to worship God. I want to ask you one last question before we pray, and that is, have you read? If you follow along on Facebook, if you're on Facebook now and you look back through our posts earlier, I believe it was Friday night, an article came out, and it kind of surprised me that it said, reading the Bible has declined during the pandemic. During COVID-19, reading has declined. Now, I'm trusting that since we have been on this have you read kind of emphasis that we are not part of that. But I want to remind you that. Matter of fact, that li the link to the story and a way to share that is inside of your Bible app. So I encourage you to do that. Encourage you when you walk out of here to or when you get off of the 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 Facebook thing, the worship, that you take a peek at that and, and share it with others. Call somebody up and say, I just want to ask, have you read? If you're online now, post, I've read. Share that kind of thing, because I'm glad you're here. But what I really want is for you to be in God's Word on a daily basis. I don't expect you to read the whole Bible through in a year. That's not the goal. I'd be happy if you read a couple verses and said, man, that's a lot. I need to, I need to think on that and would stop. And just think on that and pray on that and mull over it and let God, through the Holy Spirit, just like He did with the Corinthians, reveal that to us so that we understand the truth of the Scripture. So, if you would, let's join in prayer. Father, thank You for this day. Father, I pray that as we worship together in song, Father, as we look into Your Word, Father, You would, you would speak to us. Father, I pray for the Bibles that were handed out and the people that they were handed to. Father, I pray, Lord, You would speak to them through that act and through Your Word. Father, just as I am asking You to speak to all of us through Your Word. Father, we pray that if there's someone here or someone online that doesn't know You as Savior, Father, for those people that receive the Bibles, they don't know You as Savior. Father, I pray that today might be the day Father, they call upon You to forgive their sins, and Father, to be their Lord and Savior. Father, just, again, we thank You and we pray that all the glory and honor would be Yours. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank You.
Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering there was pain in the offering blessed be your name every blessing you pour out i'll turn back to praise when the darkness closes in lord still i will say blessed be the name Blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away, you give and take away, my heart will choose to say, Lord blessed be many crowns 
are the God who reigns forevermore. All right, thank you. Truly does reign forevermore. And one of these days, I look forward to, uh, to bowing at His throne and offering my praise um, at the throne of God. What a beautiful sight and day that will be. Read about that in Revelation. We are in 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to the fourth chapter of 1 Corinthians. We're going to read together the first nine verses. And when I ask that question, have you read? I'm just going to say... Here's a good place for you to continue reading the end of the chapter, but do that this afternoon, okay? Do that this afternoon between ball games and all that kind of stuff. So we have been talking about the church of God at Corinth and about how they've drifted from where they were supposed to be. They're, they're a broken church. When I look at this, and when we look at this as we walk through this, I want us to understand it's not a history lesson. It's a lesson that's applicable to the church of God at Carlinville today. It's a lesson for you and I. We have discussed the problems of the church of God at Corinth. We are made aware. It's kind of like, where's the crash at? And it, it talked about, we talked about the divisions that they had, the, uh, the, the group that wanted to follow Paul, the group that wanted to follow Apollos, the group that wanted to follow Cephas or Peter, and how they were divided up in there. We, we see that's what the problem is. But we understood that the problem is much deeper than that. We're going to come back to that and we're going to look at we're going to look at the, this this um, issue that they have with the authority of Paul where they're they're not quite you know Paul needs to address this Paul needs to address the fact that he's delivered the message that God has given to him that gospel message he has delivered and when we look at this this problem that they're having with Paul one of the issues they have with Paul it stems from an issue of pride. It stems from an issue of pride. None of us have that, right? Well, I hope by the end of it that we can identify some of our own pride so that we can step back and see how that we need to address it so we can be more of the church of God at Carlinville that God intends us to be so that we truly can be a light to this community and we can be faithful to what God has called us to do. If you remember, I've referred back to the first nine verses as the, the cornerstone of, of what Paul wrote. It's not the, the hi, hello, how are you that we usually think of. We miss out if that's how we look at those first nine verses. And so we're going to look at the fifth verse. I'm going to read that again. The fifth verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says that in everything... You were enriched in Him, in all speech, in all knowledge. Well, that sounds kind of informational, right? You, that in everything you were enriched in Him, in all speech, in all knowledge. But here's what we're going to find out when we read into the fourth chapter here. We're going to find out when everything means less than everything. When everything is not everything. It's kind of like when you were raising your children maybe you still are so you can identify with this and you said did you pick up all the things in your room well, yes and then you walk into the room and it's like why is this isn't picked up 
Your socks aren't picked up. Well, I picked up my pants. You know, I picked up my shoes. You mean by everything. Everything, right? Everything's got to come off the floor. And, and so when Paul wrote that in everything, they didn't quite understand what the everything was. So let's pick it up here in the, the first verse of chapter 4. Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. But to me, it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself. For I am conscious of nothing against myself, yet I am not by this acquitted. But the one who examines me is the Lord. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to the light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively applied to myself and Apollos for your sakes, so that in us you may learn not to exceed what is written, so that no one of you will become arrogant in behalf of one against the other. For who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did not receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? You are already filled up. You've already become rich. You have become kings without us. And indeed, I wish that you had become kings so that we, might all, we also might reign with you. For I think God has exhibited us apostles, last of all, as men condemned to death, because we have become a spectacle, a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. And you can read the rest of that. Let's talk about this phrase, the one, exam the one who examines me. So, Paul wants to make it clear that the one who examines him is the Lord. Matter of fact, he says, I, I can't think of anything that I have done that, that, need, that there's a penalty for. In other words, by which I, I you know, I, I, everything I, seems like is good. Or I, I've been acquitted. But it's not his judgment that matters. It's not your self-evaluation or my self-evaluation that matters. It, it's not like you're going to, to pardon me for this, this picture, but we always have this idea of checking in at the gate with Peter. Wrong, but that's how we look at it. So, you're not going to get a sheet when you walk into the waiting room of heaven and it's not going to ask you to fill it out like when you go to the doctor. Have you had this, this, this? I know I'm not, not, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. That's why I'm here. So, you're not going to stand there and fill out this form. Is there anything that you should be penalized for? Nope, I'm good. Hand that to Peter and you get done. Your examination of yourself doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, it's not going to ask for you to survey your friends your family, your spouse, 
You know, I don't, God doesn't send, hey, you're about to die in a couple days, and so here's a sheet. I need you to have your wife fill this out so I know what to do with you when you get here. It's not going to happen. I'm glad. Right? So, so that doesn't happen. But who does examine me? Who do I stand before? I stand before the Lord. You stand before the Lord. It is He who will examine you, not by standards of other men, not by standards of your family, not by your own standards, but by the standard of Christ. Prayerfully, your sins will be covered in the blood of Jesus because you sought that forgiveness. So in this, as he's dealing with the church at Corinth, the church of Corinth, these people, these leaders, they are passing judgment on Paul. We've never armchaired the manager for the Cardinals or the Cubs if you're a Cubs fan, right? You've never, you've never wanted to call up into late night radio after the game and said, you know, if he hadn't put the steel sign on or if he wouldn't have bunted in that case, or if he would have pulled the pitcher earlier. We've never done it, right? That's passing the judgment, right? So that's what's going on with what Paul is doing. They're passing judgment. And they're, well, Apollos does this a whole lot better. We're going to be followers of Apollos. In other words, we're going to pledge our allegiance. We're going to move it from Paul, and we're going to move it over to, to Apollos. And maybe some of us are going to move it over to Cephas, because we like what he has to say. Because we're passing judgment. And, and see, that that's the division. And it also speaks to the matter that we spoke to earlier where the allegiance can't be to a person. It has to be to Jesus Christ. It is through Him, through Him, that everything was done. It is through Him that grace and sanctification happens. As a matter of fact, Paul uses that term that we've talked about as we walk through this. If you've not been with us, I will say that earlier in the book of, the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul refers to himself as a servant of God. And he's not trying to put himself up on a pedestal. He is a servant of God. He answers to God. And he's a servant of God. And it says, as a matter of fact, here we're reminded not only is he and Apollo's servants of God, that they are also stewards, that God has given them the gospel, and they have to take care of that to do with it what God would have them do with it. In their servant and steward role, they're given something to take care of, the mysteries of God, the salvation that is offered to us through Jesus Christ, is that mystery. It was a mystery that the wise of this world didn't understand. It doesn't make sense that a Messiah would come and die on a cross. A Messiah and death on a cross are complete opposites, diametrically opposed. Doesn't make sense to the Jewish people, but yet that's the mystery that Paul and Apollos and you and I get to steward. That yes, the Messiah did die on the cross and that is where the victory was at. It was not in taking a political throne it was in defeating death that is the victory. And 
to the Greek, it doesn't make sense because you, you know, our minds, are, when we get to be smart, then we can figure our way out of things. I will tell you, today was a, a, a chore to get everything working, and I'll explain a little bit later. But I will say that it was, it was not a usual Sunday morning. And when, it, when it's working, you go, man, we did a good job. No, it's not about me. It's about the Spirit working in me to bring glory and honor to God. And Paul says this. We, I, I said this earlier as we walked through this because this is a subject that he's touched on and we're coming back in a little bit harder, a little bit deeper. I appreciate when somebody tells me that I've done a good job, whether it's here or doing something else. Um, just really, you know, it's one of those things that, that's built, built into the flesh. Paul reminds me that when I stand before God, I'm not going to rattle off all of the people, well, well, God, Vic told me, and Bob told me, and Sally told me, and it was a good job. My praise needs to come from Him. And that well done, good and faithful servant that we often reference is what Paul is trying to achieve. So he's looking at the bigger picture of things. It's not focusing on whether you like it or not. It's focused on whether he is being faithful to what God has called him to be. That's what really matters. We're going to come back to that. So I want you to chew on it. Put that back, and, and we're going to drag it back out in a moment. I want to talk about when the people are passing this judgment upon Paul, upon Paulos and upon Cephas. We have Paul speaking to that as he writes the letter. It is this air of superiority that the church, that the people, that some of the people at the church of Corinth had. You know, uh, to, to kind of understand this, there was a sense of superiority because I'm with the group that, that, that follows Apollos. I'm with the group that follows Peter. I'm with the group that follows Paul. There's that sense of superiority. And I'm, I'm going to catch your attention, no, not meant to offend, but I want the Cub fans to know that I'm superior because I'm a Cardinals fan. That's what's playing out here. right? That's what's playing out. What Paul says is they have a perception that they have a superiority that really doesn't exist. This perception of superiority. It's, uh, you know, Paul, Paul, and this is sarcasm. When you get to the part where it says they are rich and they are kings, they are not rich, and they are not kings. They have not been elevated. You know, I wish we could have been kings with you. Because it's sarcasm aimed at what they, they perceive. And he wants to take that away. Not because he wants to cut them down, but because he wants to turn them from their error and turn them back to Christ. It's, not, it's meant to be an edification as he uses the sarcasm to, to point out that they aren't what they think they are. 
that they have no reason for superiority. The gifts that they have, this, this enlightenment, is that they would, as they would look at it, they didn't get it on their own. It came from God through Jesus, administered by the Holy Spirit to them. And they act like they made it themselves. They went to the cake store. They went down to one of those cupcake stores. They bought a dozen cupcakes. They came home, and they put them in their own little cake cupcake pans, and they put them on the table. Look what I did. They didn't do it. Right? They, they just simply did not do it. It didn't come of their own efforts. Jesus Christ did it in them. They act like they have added to. He reminds them in everything. You have been blessed. God has given you that. You didn't add anything to it. You don't add to it. He has given it to us. It has been the things that you and I didn't know when we got saved and now we know. It's not because you and I all of a sudden became brilliant. It's because the Spirit working in you, the Holy Spirit that dwells in you, the, the, the third of the Trinity of the Godhead is dwelling in you. It's Jesus continued. He, he doesn't walk physically with us. He walks spiritually with all the believers. The Holy Spirit in you and in me, if you're a believer, Right? It is that Spirit, that Holy Spirit, that made you understand things that you didn't understand before. You just didn't become smart. God is working in your life, in everything in your life. Why do we need to be reminded that in everything, in speech, in wisdom, in grace, and sanctification, that God has worked in our life. I want to ask you this question. Who are you trying to impress? How many in here has not try, n- never tried to impress somebody? You know, well, I hope she notices me tonight. You know, I hope she thinks I'm pretty. I, I, hope, I hope the, um, the, the teacher... Teacher notices my, my extra work, my hard labor. Hope the boss realizes how hard I've worked on this project. Maybe there's a raise in there for me. Uh, the other day, I, I mowed the grass this week, but I, I thought about last week. I got some guy riding, a couple guys riding by to pick up with their windows open. And, and they're riding by my lawn, and I hear the guy go, man, that looks like a, a baseball field. Said, well, I've got to mow grass good so, so I can impress somebody. Driving by in the country, and, you know, at 45 mile an hour, they were going a little slower. So, uh, you know, we, we do this, right? If you're looking to impress others, you're more than likely looking for others to impress you. And this is what happens when you're looking for people to impress you by your standards, by, by the world's standards. We really... This idea of superiority ought to be part of our old address. We should have left it in the house that we vacated in the old man and moved to this new address where we become a new creature. We needed to leave that behind. But what happened? We loaded it up. But we might use that. And the problem is we're actually using it. 
And, and when we are working in that premise, in that idea of we're trying to impress people and we're looking for people to impress us, we take the credit that needs to be given to God away because we begin to take the credit for ourselves or begin to give that credit that belongs to God to somebody else. You see how that's a problem? You see how that's a problem in the church of God at Corinth? You see how that's a problem in the church of God at Carlinville? Matter of fact, it's a problem for the church of God anywhere in the world, even today, and will be for years to come until he returns. This idea of, of, of looking at ourselves and not looking at God, not acknowledging the ingratitude. And that's what happens when we're looking to impress, looking to be impressed. It, it is ingratitude. So what does God want to see? What does God want to see? That's what I, I want to rest on this. I want you to, to think about this. I want you to dwell on it. I want you to chew on this. Today, this week, the rest of your life. What does God want to see? He wants to see gratitude, a thankfulness for what He has done because you didn't do it. You couldn't do it. You can't do it. That sanctification, that grace, the spiritual gifts, the Spirit in you, all came from Him. There needs to be a gratitude in our lives. Offering the praise and the glory to Him. And what does God want? To see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface it in this because this was a discussion that, that floats around particularly and, and uh, it floats around in your world, it floats around in my world at this level. Is how do you measure effectiveness of what is going on right now? We just last week went over ACP with the annual church profile which talks about people showing up, people getting baptized, and people in Sunday school, the averages, membership, all of that thing. It's all numbers. Now, is there a scorecard? Does, does Peter have a scorecard? In other words, you, you led 17 people to the Lord, therefore you get in, and this is the model home you get. This is the model mansion you get because you led 17 people. You were in Sunday school every day of, of your life, except for COVID. And 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 that means you get you know you get your upgraded mansion. God isn't asking Paul to plant a hundred churches. Paul, God isn't asking Paul to convert two thousand people. What Paul is asking, what Paul is being asked of by God is what he asks us of. And that's to be faithful to Him. To do exactly what He has called us to do in our role as a servant, and in our role as a steward. He may have me working, He may have me planting, He may have me watering, He may have me pick the weeds. I'd like to water if it's going to be hot. Okay, just saying. But God has called us to do something. I use this, 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 this is my understanding. 
When I look at the Old Testament prophets, when you read in the book of Haggai last week, was Haggai a successful prophet? Was Jeremiah a successful prophet? The people, I just finished reading Jeremiah, and now I'm into Ezekiel, and it's a do-over. Because God speaks to these prophets, to the people, the obstinate people of Israel who have turned away from him, and he says they're not going to turn back, and they don't. Matter of fact, face to face, they come to Jeremiah and says, what has God said we should do? Well, Jeremiah says, this is what God says you should do. We ain't going to do that. Jeremiah delivered the message. They did not respond. Was Jeremiah faithful? Yes, he was, because he delivered the message that God gave and delivered. Was, was, was he effective? The only effective prophet that I can recall off the top of my head is, is Jonah, and he didn't like being effective. The rest of the prophets dealt with people that didn't respond. But yet, God judged them. He examined them on their faithfulness. God will judge me and you on faithfulness. Did you notice Paul didn't go all upside down and fiery brimstone thing? He said the praise might be from him. Let's be a people that are faithful to being a servant of God and a steward of the mysteries of God. Let's not pat ourselves on the back for what we've accomplished. Let's be faithful and see what God does. Let's pray. Father, thank You this day. Father, for Your Word. Father, for the lesson from Paul's life, from Apollo's life. Father, help us to remember that we, we aren't examined by the people around us. Father, the examination that counts is yours. Father, so let us be found faithful in following you. Faithful in living out our life as a new creature and as a Christian. Father, let us be a steward, Lord, that takes care of what you have given to us. Father, I pray today that you would draw us to you in a closer walk, that we might accomplish that in a better manner than we did previously. And Father, I, I pray Lord, if there's somebody listening today, somebody here in the building, somebody outside of the building, somebody watching this later on this week, how they would understand that you sent your son to die on the cross for them and they might have forgiveness and they might have eternal life if they call out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be
Thank you for joining us online. Uh, the, the reading for this week, the have you read, it is um, 1 Timothy and then the first four Psalms. I encourage you to read that. And just for, for transparency, if you've been watching online, Adam is not here today. Adam, we knew, would not be able to be here today. Uh, we recorded it so that we could see that and see how it worked. We won't be doing this all the time but we, we just did, did this, and, and we got to worship together here in the sanctuary, just as you did at home. So thank you again for joining us.